call me Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper. Got my satchel of grease in my hand. Dig me tripping up and back down to buy you. I'm the last of the best, they call me the greedy man. What's up, you motherfuckers? Hello. I'm back. Welcome to the Po' Boys Podcast. I'm your host, Jody B. And today, um, got a little something for you. Uh, fortunately, with my network of friends, I've been really kind of hashtag blessed with a few folks that I probably wouldn't have come by any other way. Um, you know, Jed Bryan from a few episodes ago was a guy that kind of fell into my lap and the same goes for this lovely young lady that we have on the show today. Um, she's an author. Her name is R.G. Westerman. And she just kind of came along and said, hey, you know, would you like to, to do a show? Maybe we can promote my book. And I said, well, what's it about? She said, it's about zombies and stuff. And I said, I dig zombies, so let's check it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much it, man. She, she's a really cool lady, and I had a blast talking to her. And it is, uh, yeah, man, it's my pleasure to, to introduce you to her and try to let her tell her, you about her new book and how it's going, coming along, and what the plans are for the future. So, you motherfuckers sit back, relax, and let's go on a journey with R.G. Westerman. If you got love trouble, you got a bad woman you can't control, I got just the thing for you. Something called controlling hearts and get together drops. If you work too hard and you need a little rest, I might be like Who is this irresistible creature who has an insatiable love for the dead? So, uh, Rob Zombie on a Sunday, it's a good way to start, 9am, rock and roll, da da da, anywho, welcome to the Po' Boys Podcast, and today we have a treat, um, I'm kind of curious how this is going to go, uh, actually, <laughs> I have a lovely young lady who hit me up on Twitter, she's an author, she's written at least three, four books that I've seen just through what I've read, and today we're going to get a chance to get a little bit better uh, knowledge of her work, and also get to know her a little better. So please, welcome to the show, Rebecca Westerman, R.G. Westerman, if we're going if we're going professional. So if you look that shit up, R.G. <laughs> Hello. Here's the thing. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to bullshit you. I don't read a lot. So <laughs> I haven't actually read your book. But I'm a I'm a fan of of horror. I'm a I'm a bigger fan of zombie genre stuff. So I think this could work out pretty well because since I haven't read your book, I can't spoil anything because I don't know what the hell's going on. So you can kind of let me know what's up. We can talk about it. I'd like to just know a little more about you and kind of what you do, where you do it, and uh, maybe how long you've been doing it, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. I want to say thank you so much for having me on the show today. This is going to be a lot of fun. I think so. I, I, it's not very often people willingly get up at 9 o'clock on a Sunday to come sit with a stranger and talk. So usually when people uh, agree to do it, it turns out okay. <laughs> and that's what I'm hoping for. Hey, as long as there's coffee, I'm up for nearly anything. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> nearly anything, mind you. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I got to say the same thing. Mine is Coke, and I mean the drink, not the drug. So... <laughs> Coca-Cola. 
hit me early in the morning. We'll be fine. We'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So let's let's get into this. First and foremost, uh, where are you from? Uh, how long you've been doing this? You know, what's tell me about you. All right. Um, well, I currently I live in a small town just outside of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, where I'm from is one of those questions because um, I've lived all over the place. Okay. <laughs> um, I was actually born in Basel, Switzerland. We moved to the U.S. when I was seven. Um, so yeah, that's 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 about all the details you need to know about that. <laughs> yeah. Your, her parents were secret agents, and they lived in Switzerland. Yeah, well, you never know. <laughs> so, and so from there, you come to the United States, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've been writing basically for as long as I can remember when I was a child I would plunk out these ghastly versions of Cinderella on my parents Macintosh yeah um so you know with the little I mean I had to have been like 10 or something <laughs> um but yeah and and Rising Ash is my first novel so I'm relatively new to the publishing game um you know they, they say writers write but not all writers are published so true very true <laughs> um, so i'm excited um to you know introduce the world to my to my little stories i read some of the um the in the reviews i saw the cover and it was funny though the one thing that popped out was you know somebody commented and said if you enjoy the walking dead you'll enjoy rising ash and i said well mm-hmm. i like the walking dead so let's yeah. let's see how deep we get here is your story okay. Um, I'm trying to think how to put this. I know that a lot of genres of horror lately, you know, they try to appeal more, I think, to like tweens and shit like that, like with the Twilight series. Yeah. And, and no offense, I'm not saying your book is the Twilight series. I'm just saying like, <laughs> are you in the business of like romanticizing the, the apocalypse or are you more of a narrator, like a person who actually will, will get down and dirty and tell you kind of what's going on in this new world of, of zombies and crazy very shit? Very good question. Um, romanticizing the apocalypse. I really like that turn of phrase. <laughs> um, cause I mean, it's the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, one thing that, I mean, I, I would consider my, this book YA, um, and I've had a lot of people say that they would consider it YA. Um, the main character is is a 15 year old girl. Okay. Um, and but she's you know she she's kind of a badass. She's you know crossbow zombie hunter type. Um, one of the th- one of the reasons I wrote this is because when dealing with the zombie apocalypse, you have a lot of male protagonists. You have Rick. You know you have the big burly stab you in the forehead, you know, manly man types, which nothing wrong with that. Um, nothing at all wrong with that. But I kind of wanted to see like, I don't know, a version of, you know, cause when I was, a, when I was that age, I was into that kind of stuff. I was the weird black eyeliner girl that sat in the corner reading the weird, you know, Frankenstein and <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. And I wanted to, I wanted to, to create a character that I did. I don't see in the zombie apocalypse with the current media of what's presented um, to us, you know, and now don't get me wrong. I love me some Rick Grimes. I absolutely do. Um, <laughs> so, but, you know, it, it is a little bit of a different spin on it. Right. And I get that. I mean, I'm not trying to shit on anybody or any one uh, race, credo, genre. Um, I think that obviously you would probably have a lot more male-driven characters if if we had an apocalypse. Just call it what it is. Unfortunately, most men are a little bit more savage than than most women. But hey, I've met some some ladies in my day that will roll their sleeves up and get into a fight just as quick as any man. So I think that The Walking Dead is interesting because you know they have delved into that with characters like Michonne and Carol and people like that, where they try to pro- they try to project a strong female lead, but. Yeah. It's very strange to me that they, they're they just not quite the same. They're always like one step behind. Even if they're badasses like Michonne. I mean, that's a bad lady. And uh, you know, she always seems to kind of play second banana to, to Rick Grimes or, or whoever else she's dealing with. So that's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, of- I, I don't know if I would agree with the one step behind. Um, I mean, uh, there's certainly some differences there. 
you know, I mean, you have you have the difference between like the testosterone and the the. I mean, I mean, in a, in a zombie apocalypse, you're gonna have to know how to fight. You know, you're gonna have to know how to survive and how to just take someone down without hesitating, one second. Um, you know, but as you as you said, I think the Michonnes and the Carols and the, um, oh, even what's his what's the girl, the little Carl's little girlfriend. Uh, uh, she's got a weird name. Uh, is yeah. it like Evie or something like that? Yeah, but but yeah, yeah, I mean, even you know, it's just a matter of finding your way, finding how you're going. Because I mean, every male, female, or otherwise, everyone has that survival instinct, and it's just a matter of finding how how to survive, and whether that means you know stabbing someone in the eyeball, or if it means hiding out until the horde passes, and then you can go do your thing. You know, it's it's two different or multiple ways of surviving. I think there's. As many people as there are in the world, there's that many ways to survive something like a zombie apocalypse. I'll give you that. I'll say that there probably would be a lot of ways. But then again, it, I would think that there just wouldn't be as many people. You know, the, the, the killer instinct, if you will, I, I think the potential is in everybody. But yeah. I don't think everybody would find the key. I think that's a, a very big point that they show in a lot of these movies and shows where... Yeah, we lose like 70% of the population because people mm-hmm. just freak out and they get into situations. And zombies, unfortunately, as a character, they're unrelenting. They, they never stop. They're just always their ever-present danger. <laughs> One thing that amuses me is, you know, you have those quizzes or the people who say, well, who would you be in a zombie apocalypse? And, yeah. and you know, I have no doubt in my mind that I would be dead within the first week. <laughs> <laughs> You just got to real recognize real. Not even trying to kid myself. <laughs> I'm going to lock myself in a house and get drunk for like three days. And then right. I'm just going to, I'm just going to eat one. Just, I'm good. <laughs> this is, yeah. is going to suck. Exactly right. I don't know. I think that the walking dead would be like the latest installment that I've seen. And to be honest with you, they've kind of almost beaten the dead horse there. Cause I've, I've stopped watching it. I did cut the cord, so maybe that's it's not as accessible. But I mean, I just I don't know, man. I'm starting to kind of lose my uh, my appeal with it. It's just it's the same shit. You just keep getting lost, motherfucker, and you keep getting hemmed up with these people, and then you kick their yeah. ass, and then you move on to the next bunch of people, and you kick their right. ass. Well, I'll admit I'm actually a season behind on The Walking Dead because <laughs> yeah. I watched it on Netflix. <laughs> so I'm still I'm still on the the Negan. I still haven't gotten to season eight yet. <laughs> oh, so have you had spoilers about this new season? Oh uh, well, kind of. Like I, I mean, it's hard to avoid them. I yeah. think I know what happens. <laughs> there's a, there's a big one, and that's why I was asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretending like I don't know what the big one is. <laughs> I stopped right before the big one, so I know what happened, and I'm just like, well, okay, I'm just gonna leave this alone, and then maybe I'll catch up when it comes on Netflix. Because, like I said, I've got to go through a whole process to get AMC on my TV. Um, I've always been a fan of zombie movies. Like it's, I think. <laughs> as far back as I can remember out of all the genres, especially horror, that's, that's been mm-hmm. my favorite. I'm not real big on, uh, suspense horror. Uh, I like slasher shit like Jason and, and stuff like that, oh. but the real cerebral horror stuff, I don't get into, it just makes me think too mm-hmm. hard. And, uh, Bye. I like zombies. They're simple. They're just dead people. Roman. That's around. True. Yeah. And there's been so many different, uh, iterations of that story. It's always mm-hmm. nice to uh, to have somebody who gets a fresh take on it. So I am curious to see what happens with your your stuff here, because I mean I could go on for days. Just uh, I, you know, the actual movies with uh, Night of the Living Dead and stuff like that, George Romero, and then going yeah. into like even the spoof genre of like the the Return of the Living Dead, where you know it was actually some comic relief and stuff. So I mean, it's it, I'm a big fan. So. <laughs> Is there anything in particular that that you enjoyed when you were, were were getting into this, or is this just zombies something that recently you've gotten more into with horror and stuff? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I saw, I watched Night of the Living Dead um, when I was much younger, right? Um, and it really struck me. Like I, I, you know, I was expecting just kind of a. a for lack of a better term, mindless horror movie. Mm-hmm. But like the the, now, are the, we talking... the ending of it, you know, the 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 
especially like against the background of like the civil rights and mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff it just kind of i mean it floored me and and i saw like this glimpse of how the horror genre and the zombie you know genre can be used to make a really a political statement it's pretty nuts right now um, if we're going that direction but, are you talking about the tony todd version or the old black and white version the old black and white, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen that in a long time, and I know that the end of the Tony Todd one, it's like the government shows up and they're just like burning zombies, right? And that they're piling them up, and a bunch of rednecks are coming around like rescuing people. I think is like the mm -hmm. end of that movie. Is yeah, that I, I don't think I haven't seen that the new, you know, the new one, but the the old original, the Romero. Yeah, no, this is, uh, they're both Romero. It's just one is oh. from, I think, like the 50s, 60s, and it's black and white. Yeah. And then the next one is the same, it's the exact same story, the exact same setup, but it's from like the 80s, and it has Tony Todd, Candyman oh. in it. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, that was the one that really, I think, set in with me more. Um, you know, the black and white one, it's... Just that first scene is kind of weird, you know, where they're in the, the, the graveyard and they're talking and then all of a sudden just some random asshole comes walking into frame and he walks his pants off, right? Isn't that like the... Right? And you go, oh shit, not only is there a strange person wandering towards me, but now he's balls naked. He's and, uh, and then you start to see everybody yeah. else come into play and it's just, that's a very suspenseful build. I mean, yeah. every zombie movie yeah. has it, the build. And I think that was an interesting way to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that one's one of my favorites. And, and I'll be honest, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like I don't watch, I mean, I, I have small children now, so I don't get to watch as many of the horror movies that I used to. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a little behind you. Know, I haven't seen Shaun of the Dead. I haven't seen the new, um, you know, I, I've seen World War Z. Some One of my friends kidnapped me and took me out to see World War Z. But that's probably the most recent, aside from The Walking Dead. And, you know, and I, re I read a great deal. But, um, yeah, so I may, be, you know, I may not have quite the street cred that I should as far as zombie apocalypse stuff goes, but it's it's a lot of fun. I like I like getting into that media. It probably helps keep you fresh so that you're not biting anybody else's storyline. Just to be honest, I, I bet you it, w it would be better in the long run to not have seen all those things so that you don't end up taking somebody else's scenario. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of different ones that get presented in those movies. I mean... Um, I really enjoyed the the redo, the Dawn of the Dead, from a f mm -hmm. 10, 15 years ago, whenever it was, the with Ving Rhames yeah. and all that. I thought they did pretty well with that. Um, yeah. I haven't seen the, the, the 28 Days Later franchise, but I've seen Ooh. clips, and yeah. I get, like, the, the difference in, like, the running, shrieking, crazy zombies. Right. So it's yeah. uh, a lot of different iterations. Now, with your book, are we talking... Um, are are we going to see the fall of man, or are we starting straight up post-apocalypse and introduced to your character, or is this going to be like a, a through and through where we're going to go from? Oh, this is how she was, and this is like where. What kind of a, a situation are you setting up with your book series? Yeah, um, with Rising Ash, she her name, you know, the character's name is Ash Donovan. She's fifteen. Um, she's actually we're a good bit into the zombie apocalypse. Um, the fall, as as it's called in the book, the fall happened when she was seven years old. Okay. Um. So she, uh, she's basically, you know, it's sort of really the only world she knows, and and that that's another thing, you know, a lot of the current zombie apocalypse has, you know, the switch from right now with cars and Starbucks and and you know libraries and you know burgers and everything, and then switching into a zombie apocalypse. Um. Mine, mine is, it just goes straight into, you know, sports to earth, everything sucks, um, the, you know, kind of thing. Well, and, and another thing about Ash is that she has, she actually has um, amnesia of her childhood. Okay. Um, so she has no memory of her, of our world, basically. She has no memory of what it means to have a bed, to have a house, um, you know, any of that stuff. She, she, everything she knows is, you know, kind of stark survival, you know, find food, find shelter, 
go from there. You know, don't get eaten. <laughs> so I have one question that I've always kind of rolled around with, with the zombie mm-hmm. genre. And it's something that I think they did address in this, this newer, the walking dead series. Okay. Um, nature decomposition. It's right. a funny thing. And most would assume that at a certain point, uh, dead tissue does rot. It goes, you know, just naturally uh, will will disintegrate, basically. So, how how do you feel about like the apocalypse? If we were going to have a zombie apocalypse, uh-huh. do you think that at a certain point we would just be rid of zombies, just because eventually they probably would all just become little soggy piles of shit? on the ground because the tissue would, would break down. I mean, I get that you'd probably get at least five years out of it just from people that are dying and then turning. Right. But right. the idea that well, even the ones are coming out of the ground zombies, you know, they're digging themselves out of graves and stuff. I just I have to imagine that after about 10 years of that shit, eventually everything would just kind of fall apart. So really, you know, 10 years, that's not, that's not terrible. People go to prison for longer than that. You just have to right. survive. Yeah, no, I like to pl- I like playing with that a little bit. Um, but, I mean, because scientifically speaking, as soon as someone decomposes, like like you said, they become a soggy pile of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it would just be a whole bunch of that. And it really wouldn't be that hard to survive then. Um, but I guess it depends on how zombies are regenerated. Um, whether, you know, whether you go by the rule that you have to be bitten to be infected, or if you live in a world where if you die, you become a zombie, like just no matter what, kind of the way it is in The Walking Dead. Because I think if that's the case, um, then as people die, they're going to regenerate. Um, But if you're just in a world where, boom, zombie apocalypse, um, 90% of the world is zombies, just hole up somewhere until everybody decomposes, and then you're fine, you know? (laughs) It's it's a great plan. It just then you start thinking about population, and you go, well, there's a, a billion people in places like India, you know, or, right. or China. There's three hundred plus million people here documented. So that's that'd probably take a long damn time. But yeah, then it would yeah. smell really bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and then also, I mean, the wor- World War Z, um, it sort of addressed the, the idea that there are pockets of um, uninfected, you know, where there's places you can go that are that are cut off, you know, island, or, you know, places like that where, where no one is infected. And if you can get people there, yeah. um, you know, just kind of separate out the, the chaff and the wheat or whatever. So, I mean, that's another... Another thing to think about, it just I guess it just depends on which which world you're you're living in, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's it's something that they addressed on one of the later episodes of The Walking Dead was uh, islands. It seems like a good idea in theory, but if you think about it, zombies don't have to breathe. So I guess technically yep. they could just wander just through water. Across, yeah. You know, they could cross lakes, I would I would think. Maybe not rivers. Yeah. That's true. So really, space maybe. <laughs> Good luck. Go hit up Elon Musk and hop on one of his fucking rockets and right. <laughs> make it up there. You'll get a Tesla. Um, is there anything about your book that you think like really stands out from? And I'm not trying to be a shit when I say this. I'm just saying is, there has to be something in there that you think probably makes it either better, different, worse than the mainstream stuff. Like, is there something that you you've really kind of put your own spin on that you can tell me about without giving away the book? A little bit, a little bit. Um, there is some uniqueness to the character, um, and, and it, it's a major plot point, so I don't want to give it away. Um, yeah. But she's got some, as, as she goes through, she starts to have flashes of memory of her childhood, um, and she discovers, like, she, she has this secret about herself that she knows, but she doesn't know why, she doesn't know how, um, etc., so, so part of like the first portion of the book is her figuring, figuring out what that is, um, and then as she, you know, as she starts to meet people and find people that she's running with, it, her interacting, them interacting with her, because um, in a lot of ways she's an outsider, even when she finds other survivors. Um, 
And if you want to know more, you're just going to have to read the book. It's <laughs> mm, not bad. I'll tell you um, a thought that I had, and I hope I don't guess it with this, but it's something that crossed my mind. And uh, in this day and age, you got to be kind of careful about what you say, but it's my show. I'll say it the fuck I want. Um, yeah. I probably would pretend to be a woman if uh, if it happened, just to, to throw an oh, extra... Yeah? I think so. Now, don't get me wrong. I would be an ugly woman, and I probably wouldn't. But I'm saying I feel like, like we discussed earlier, because you know women are more caring. They are more uh, maternal. I think mm-hmm. that those characters can be kind of taken advantage of, too, in these, in these stories that we've already heard. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you pretended to be like an old woman in a shawl walking down the street... And a bunch of assholes showed up, they might mm-hmm. be less likely to jump out and just start shooting as opposed to, well, who is this lady? And by the time they get close enough, you could whip your little shawl off and just plug them all and go, yeah. all right, guys, what's up? Ah. Or well, get that's t- possible. You know that's what I'm possible. saying? Like, it's something that I've thought about. Just like, what would you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that, yeah. that it would be wise to definitely have an alter ego or a persona pretend to be something you're not at first just to fill these people yeah. out you could literally be a a raving lunatic but you don't give that appearance you're just like yeah i'm just yeah whatever man well i i think it's worth saying um one of some of the characters i i do sort of talk about motherhood in the book in some ways um and there's some some characters that that come come about later on in the book um, that are important um, to Ash um, that have a maternal uh, characterization, I guess. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's worth saying that with motherhood, you do have there is a ferociousness in uh, protecting, you know, protecting what is yours, protecting your clan, protecting your people. Um, you know, and, and I, I think it's worth noting. You know, they say the the most dangerous animal is the mother bear. Um, you know, so, so, and that does, it does come into play a little bit in the story, um, that the ferociousness of femininity, I guess, is a way to say it. It's a real thing. Um, Definitely a real thing. You know, there's a stereotype of like the meek and mild and the, you know, kind of the victim or whatever, but that, that's one of the tropes that I really wanted to challenge, um, with this book is that, you know, as a female, like how would a female survive in the zombie apocalypse? And, and basically that's one of the questions that I'm I'm answering for myself with this book because I didn't know the answer so and I still don't <laughs> right well it, it's it's an interesting concept because it's not a story you hear a lot of so bravo yeah. for that and uh, I hope that it actually gets gets very well known and recognized and I hope in another 10 years we're talking about your show Rising Ash or your movie That's or right. your that would be awesome <laughs> you know <laughs> I that would be great. <laughs> It sucks because it's 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 a popular genre. So I understand yeah. the idea that you really are going to have to push the envelope, or you're going to have to make a left turn if you're going to get any kind of notoriety in this day and age. Yeah. So I hope that you made enough of one, <laughs> and then you're happy with it, and that it 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 does well. Yeah. Thank you. There's so many questions that roll around with zombie shows and movies and stuff when they have really prolonged situations. Like, where did he get a fucking razor? <laughs> like, what is... Right. <laughs> I bet you smell terrible. You probably haven't bathed in three weeks. And where is everybody shitting? Like, this is a right? good question exactly. to ask. God damn it. <laughs> My number one question when I watch... And, and it's kind of funny because, like, me and my female friends, we, we noticed this. When we watch zombie apocalypse shows, like you've got, you know, people getting splattered, run, you know, zombie getting splattered against the wall. You've got people shooting people. You've got people stabbing people. You've got eyeballs gouging out and everything. But every single female armpit until the end of time is completely freshly shaven. Boom. <laughs> It's just, it's just how God wanted it, I guess, is what they would say. I guess, I guess it's just gross not to have. <laughs> yeah. 
I do think that it's it's fun. They did tackle like a, a detail of having long hair in The Walking Dead because that's something I've always said too. Like, why would you want to have long hair? People can grab that shit, and cut it off. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> trying to survive, people do dumb shit too, and that's. <laughs> you haven't seen this, I guess. It would have been in the the newer rendition of uh, Night of the Living Dead with Tony okay. Todd. Mm-hmm. It has one of the dumbest kill scenes I've ever seen in a horror movie, in a movie period. You know, just um, one of those moments where you look at your TV and you go, what the fuck are you doing? And then what? the guy gets killed and you go, <laughs> now oh, I have to watch it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's you. You know the plot basically already. It's you know a brother and sister in a graveyard. Zombies show up. They run into a farmhouse. This other guy shows up, and then that's that's it. It's just the guy that shows up is Tony Todd. So they meet the farmer's kid and his girlfriend later on, and they got this plan. We're gonna get away. How are we gonna do that? Well, let's get the truck. Truck ain't got any gas in it. We've got a pump. Where's the pump? Over here. Okay. They make this whole long elaborate fucking plan about how they're going to, the sun is going to drive the truck and fill it up with gas and, you know, fend them off and then come back and get everybody. So he does, he he gets over there and, and (laughs) (laughs) the, the gas pump has a padlock on it. Like the handle is padlocked to the box and he can't get it off. And he starts to panic because there's, you know, there's zombies coming and shit. And he takes a shotgun out of his truck <laughs> and he points the shotgun oh. at the master lock. And, you know, Tony Todd, I believe, sees what he's doing and he runs out of the porch and he's like, no, don't do that. And then the whole thing explodes. The truck, the guy, the gas pump, everything. Blam. <laughs> and you just sit there and you go, what a fucking moron. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but I guess in a situation like that, in a panic, there's going to be a lot of that kind of shit. Like people walking out in front of cars, you know, yeah. people getting electrocuted, fucking around with, with climbing into windows or trees. And it's just, it's kind of funny to me to think about that kind of shit too. Just yeah. everybody knows how the survivors survive, but I would like right. to see a blooper reel of just some of the dumb ways that people fucking get killed in zombie movies. Just yeah. running off balconies because they're freaking out. Oh, no, no, no. They just fall off. Yeah. Ah. Mass suicides, not to take it to a dark turn, but... Oh, we can go there. The People right. people do crazy things. I'm sure that would be a thing. And I'm surprised that hasn't happened on the show where they wander into like a warehouse and it's just a bunch of assholes in robes zombified walking around it's like what happened here <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> this was a party before we got here yeah <laughs> i think that um it's it's definitely got a little more room to grow but people like like yourself and and others are gonna have to come along and try to raise the bar a little bit try to bring us something yeah. we haven't seen before and um, i think you're what i saw is Rising Ash one book like divided up into like parts, or is it well, like what's what's the deal? I saw that you have like a, a a setup for this. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, that's how I that's how I originally released it. Um, I, I I I wrote the book under um, NaNoWriMo. I don't know if you've got something you're familiar with. Um, it, it's like a, a contest every November. It stands for National Novel Writing Month. Okay. Um, and you write a certain amount, it gives you a set word count, um, and you're, it's just kind of a personal contest. Your goal is to complete um, a certain word count by the end of the month. Um, so just as a personal challenge, I did that, um, and then I ended up with the first manuscript, the original manuscript for Rising Ash. Um, so then the following year, I took it in segments, and I released it as um, a serial on Amazon, um, yeah. only through Kindle. So originally there was five parts to it, um, but then it got picked up by a micro press, Little Monster Press, um, and released uh, in novel form. So, so the book, the novel as it is now, is all five of those pieces um, put together. It's a little bit different. It's not word for word the same. Yeah. Um, 
So, um, but yeah, and, and there, there, there's gonna be a sequel, <laughs> definitely. Um, and that's something I'm, I'm in the mulling stages on that right now. Um, I can't confirm or deny that I may be working on an outline for it for the sequel. <laughs> um, but hopefully, um, you know, I the characters keep talking to me, and I get it can turn into to like a series. Um, That's really so, interesting. Yeah, no, there's definitely more story to tell with these characters. That's not the way that I think a lot of people, you know, end up getting into publication and stuff. So you basically just wrote five short stories, continued a story, mm-hmm. and somebody came along and said, hey, can we make this into one thing? Like, yeah. I mean, it, it's a continuous story. The, the five right. uh, original sh- uh, novellas were a continuous story. Um, so they were meant to be together, you know, and, and I released them as this is part one, this is part two. Um, you know, and so on. So, so it, it fits together into, you know, it's a continuous story, but, um, yeah. So yeah, that's, so yeah. And, and you may see like on Goodreads or on Amazon, you may see those, those other parts floating around. Um, but if you want the full, uh, effect of the story, I recommend the novel through Little Monster Press. It's pretty impressive just to have enough, I guess, intuition to to get yourself pub- that's really what you're working for right like how many other books have you had published at this point is this the kind of like the big one for you is this how many books have you written yeah this this is the the big one at right now um the other like the drive the the other ones are actually short stories um so i've i've had a couple of short stories um released through anthologies um i have uh, the Drive was published through uh, the Monster Anthology with uh, PPQ, um, and that's on Amazon. And I also have it available uh, as a standalone short story um, for Kindle. And then uh, The Spectre is also another short story, and Jennifer is another short story. Um, and those, those are more kind of like, I don't know, you watch Black Mirror or The Twilight Zone? Heard of it. I uh, haven't made it through with an episode yet. Uh, we're like three years behind on all TV here, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're more like like little standalone short stories. Um, I when when I first started writing back back in the day, I kind of cut my teeth on short stories. Right. Um, right. Ray Bradbury, Kurt Vonnegut. Um, I, I used to collect a collection of uh, science fiction short stories from you know Isaac Asimov and. You know, all, all those all those guys. <laughs> so I, I take a lot of influence from the short story. That's that's my that's my bread and butter. I enjoy going I enjoy reading shorts and I enjoy writing shorts. So the novel is a bit of a step out of my comfort zone for me, but hopefully hopefully I'll get more comfortable and start knocking out some more novels. Yeah. Well people seem to enjoy it thus far and uh, you know, I'm you got nowhere to go but up. The sky is the limit yeah. for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, I hope that it goes well, and I hope that you get 10 more books if that's what you want. I, um, It's pretty impressive what you've done thus far, uh, just Thank to you. say that. And, uh, yeah, I wish you nothing but the best. I hope that it works out great. Thank you so much. So, in the, the spirit of, of horror and, and that genre and such, I'd like to ask you something, and this is something that it just it's maybe even just for me. It's okay. So was there anything that drew you to horror? Like did some did you have like anything scary that happened as a kid or something that just kind of stuck in you that made you enjoy that more and that's why you do this now? Or was it just a spontaneous thing that one day you said, well, I like horror and I'm going to do horror? Because you said you used to doodle and, and, you know, you were into that kind of stuff when you were a kid. So I'm basically asking you, you know, unofficially, was there a moment in your life that you think something scared you really bad and you either, instead of being afraid of that thing, you kind of went more towards it? Or, like, what what was your, uh, your M.O., if you will? Mm, okay, this is going to require some self-reflection. Oh mm. yeah, we get deep on this show. <laughs> um, you know, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I know how to answer <laughs> that. I went too deep. I'm sorry. Um, well, I mean, I'm I'm a preacher's kid, so I grew up with um, you know, some of the 
and not, I don't want to paint like a, a desperate picture of my childhood or anything, but you know, you had the, the hellfire, the promise of heaven, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, so, but nothing really stands out as like, this is a scary thing. Like, I, I guess I've always just kind of felt like a, an oddball myself. Um, you know, cause we moved around a lot. My, you know, my parents were missionaries. So, so I was kind of always an outsider. Yeah. Um, you know, when we lived in Europe, I was the American. And then when we moved to America, I was the, the girl from Switzerland, you know, so I always had this kind of outsider status. So I guess in a way, um, the outsider, yeah. Cause my, my first real monster true love is the vampire. Okay. Um, because of course, um, <laughs> so you know the the idea that there's these creatures that look like us, um, that can walk among us, and yet they're these horrifically monstrous beings, and they've tortured souls, and you know, and it's also you know, interview with a vampire and long hair and Brad Pitt, and you know, it was all just so appealing and gorgeous and. You know, so <laughs> in some ways, and then as I grew up, you know, it the more of well, the 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 study of the human condition because each of these monsters, you know, vampires, werewolves, zombies, they represent a part of humanity. Right, which is why um, we relate so to them. <laughs> I like to play with is is the humanness of of these creatures and these you know horrific situations. Right. If that answers your question. <laughs> no, that's a good one. It, basically, you you were um, – I'm trying to think of the word – like drawn in just with your own stuff. I, I think that – okay, like I feel like certain writers, authors, directors, whatever the, the, the medium, I feel like some of the really good ones – maybe have like a story that they either don't get to tell or you don't find out till way later. Like, Oh, yeah. Clive Barker almost died in a plane crash, you know? And so that's why he was always fascinated with death and stuff. Now that might not be true, but what I'm saying is I feel like a lot of those real prolific people have some kind of a, uh, you know, a draw to it or uh, an infatuation or, you know, maybe even getting scared shitless one time in a, in a situation and they're inspired to go and write this story about this thing, you know? Right. I was really scared huh. of the blob when I was a kid. Oh, gosh, that is horrifying. <laughs> it was jello. You know what I'm saying? It, there was no reason that should have been as scary as it was, but I remember specifically <laughs> having nightmares about being in my, my single wide trailer and, and opening a can of this blob jello shit. And then it just starts swelling out of the thing. And then people are like, what is it? And then it eats somebody's dog. And then it's just, it turns into some crazy shit and it's your own imagination. You know, I guess that was my point. Okay. In a nutshell, I just basically said, Hey, Rebecca, how fucked up are you? Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> now, I will say the thing that actually freaks my freak as far as being frightened, um, you know, I mean, because we all believe that we can meet one of these monsters and be like, yeah, okay, cool, you know, let's have a conversation. But the thing that frightens the bejesus out of me is aliens. Okay. okay. Like, I'm talking about, like, the, the, the big-headed black-eyed, you know, the, the walk around with the long, gangling arms. Like the... Uh, ugh. <laughs> so a movie like Signs or Independence Day would be kind of, you're yeah. like, oh, God. <laughs> the, the movie that nearly made me pee my pants was Signs, oddly enough. Right. Um, with Mel Gibson and Joaquin the, the aliens coming through. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. <laughs> I never saw it. I heard it sucked, <laughs> and I'm not. I'm saying some people either really thought it was scary, or some people were like, "Man, you didn't even get to see the alien till the end," and then they were, yeah. you know, and it just, it's, you know, I, I know, I know. There's a lot of debate about it, and some people are like this movie is horrible, but like the just the birthday party scene. I mean, I challenge anyone to watch that for the first time and not like just run under the couch. <laughs> I, I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> See, and it's, there's certain ones that I get into and certain ones I don't. I guess w what I was trying to say w with my previous statement was, A, how messed up are you? And B, I think a lot of authors, directors, creators, 
the things that they create, they come from their own imagination. So at a certain point, you have to be able to to realize like, oh, I'm a little bit nuts because I'm writing stories about guys getting ripped apart and it's coming out of my brain. So like, I might have a little bit of a screw loose. Yeah, yeah. No, I I fully accept that about myself. Right. (laughs) And uh, minus creepy kids. I don't like creepy kids. And I think it's because I was a creepy kid. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's it's one of those things. I know the kind of thoughts that roamed my little brain when I was young. And the idea that there could be a seven-year-old just standing in the mall going, I could push somebody off a balcony. That'd be fun. Right. You know, in this day and age now with these kids, you know, they might might get shot. (laughs) These kids are ruthless. Well, and and that's an interesting thing. Growing up, being Generation X, um, you know, in a way, I feel like we've lived through the, I don't know, there's there's a, I mean, there's a difficult, it's hard to put words on it, you know, I mean, because, you know. I don't know, just, I mean, looking back on the 90s, uh, when we lived through the 90s, I, I thought it was just, like, this massive horror show, but now, I think back on the 90s, and I'm like, what an idyllic, innocent time that was, you know? <laughs> Remember when all we had to worry about was some guy killing three kids? This is crazy. Right? right? I said that the other day to a friend, be kind of being a smartass. I said, you remember when the worst thing in the news was somebody shot a gorilla? Oh, right. <laughs> said I, that was a terrible thing. And now I'm looking back at it, reminiscing, going, I miss those days. Now I don't even want to watch TV anymore. <laughs> this place is, is really, really going, not downhill, but we're descending, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> People are getting yeah. well, a little crazy. And, and I've said, and I don't want to get too political. I know we're having fun. Um, but I mean, no, we, you can go as deep as you like. You've got me for the next hour. <laughs> That's I, what I'm saying. I, I have no preference. <laughs> I love talking to people. So you tell me whatever's on your mind. All right. Well, uh, you know, I think that there's, there's a reason why apocalypse fiction is so popular. Um, what was the phrase you said, romanticizing the apocalypse? Yes. Um, yes. I think in some ways that is exactly what's happening because if there was an apocalypse, if we wake up, you know, tomorrow and, you know, someone has pushed the button or, you know, half, you know, majority of the population has turned into monsters or whatever. Yeah. In a way, that would liberate a lot of people, you know, um, because there would be no more, uh, you know, corporations, there would be no more student debt, there would be no more mortgage payments, car payments, you know, all of that would be gone. All of that would be over, you know, and, and the, the idea of living hand to mouth and, and just surviving to your next meal or surviving from sunrise to sunset, in a lot of ways, a lot of people are already living that way. So, you know, living in an apocalypse or the idea of living in an apocalypse scenario would just be a more honest representation of what's already happening. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of people are drawn to it, because they'd be like, yeah, a zombie I can see. You know, I can take down a zombie. This crushing student debt, this crushing self-doubt, you know, this depression, this anxiety, those things I can't I can't physically fight, whereas a zombie I can physically fight. And I think that's what appeals to it, to a lot of people. See, that's, that's a very interesting theory, actually. Because in my mind, I think it would let all the monsters out of their cages, too. Like you just yeah. said, there's a lot of, of laws and things. It would be like the purge <laughs> mm-hmm. to, yeah. to the nth yeah. degree because there, there's no more rules no more. Let's see what happens. Exactly. There don't even have exactly. to be zombies. We just have to have civil unrest and no social uh, systems to, to take care of it. <laughs> you know, let the police quit and then somebody right. decide they want to blow some shit up. Like, that. what are they going to do about it? Nothing. But, I mean, and that raises the question, like, you know, it starts to get into some real, uh, you know, what what is humanity? You know, are we good people? You know, are we inherently good? Are we inherently evil? Mm. You know, are you being a good person because if you're not, you'll be put in jail or because it's the right thing to do? Like, what, what drives our morality? You know, what makes us good people? Are, are we behaving ourselves out of fear of hellfire or are we behaving ourselves because it's the right thing to do you know and i think i think that kind of raises that question as well 
It's not bad. The fall of mankind. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a a, a drop, if it ever happens. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. Like I like the, the the point you had there, where it's like a lot of people are already kind of living that life. I mean, that you know that they, they have very little food, very little mm-hmm. resource. Now, obviously, I'm being I'm being dramatic here because they have a sink with water in it. They have a McDonald's or a, a Kroger's, whatever store you got to go to. But in a sense, yeah, these people are living this ho- this hopeless existence. They're just they're working right. a little, making enough money to survive. Maybe in a, yeah. a shit neighborhood with with crackheads and junkies roaming the streets already, and like my life is already the Walking Dead, bitch. I'm walking through the streets trying to survive, and I'm you know fighting through all these these problems. It's yeah. it's definitely easy to relate to if you're already living it. <laughs> so maybe you're right. That's why it is so popular because there's a lot of people in yeah. this this country that are uh, already kind of in it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't think it's it's worth at least pointing out, you know. I mean, we see the Kardashians and the pretty shiny things that the television shows us, but for for a lot a lot of us, the the reality is is much different, you know. And it's a lot closer to something like The Walking Dead. I mean, of course, that's you know using hyperbole to make a point, but right. you know, I think that's part of the reason why people are drawn to that genre. You know it living around Louisville now. I live in the outskirts of Little Rock, Arkansas. I've seen some, some pretty shit areas and neighborhoods and some pretty sad people in my day. And, uh, man. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough life. <laughs> I'm glad I got away from it. So. Yeah. But it's definitely a level of hopelessness that, that could yeah. cause the fall any day. Any day now. <laughs> I try not to keep up with it. Do you watch the news? Are you? Or have you checked out yet? Or are you still in the part where you watch it and get upset? Oh, yeah, right <laughs> on the fence. I mean, there, there's, yeah, I try to kind of keep slightly current just so I can, but I mean, if I wake up and the sky is not on fire, I'm calling that a win. So, you That's know. right. <laughs> I saw one, I guess something went down with, with Syria the other day and they shot some rockets or something i don't know it seems like every time i watch it now something really crazy is happening the last time i remember really paying attention to tv was when la was on fire and it kept showing like these just these assholes on the 405 or whatever they call it big ass freeway and just the hollywood hills are engulfed in flames and it looks like hell on earth and these people are just trying to get to work (laughs) oh man i don't know (laughs) I think it keeps me in my house most days, unfortunately. It's giving me about yeah. about a level eight anxiety. Well, and, and since we're talking about the news, um, I, that that's another reason why I like, you know, I know we just said that, you know, well, the world is already like this, but, like, I, I write about stuff that I know I will never have to deal with. Right. Like a literal zombie. Like, yeah, I mean, there's there's metaphors and there's sim- symbolism and, you know, there's this, this you know, the, the simile of, of this represents this. And But I will never have, to, I'm fairly confident in my life that I will never have to fight an actual zombie. You know, and so. <laughs> you don't wish it a little bit? Like, you don't want to just imagine what it would be like to run up and just knock one over they're all like and you push them you know, I mean I can't even I mean I'm a tiny little woman right <laughs> you know I mean I'm not looking for a fight or anything but um, you know I guess I don't know that's something to think about but... get, get, get one good hockey style body check in on a zombie just run in and booyah <laughs> maybe 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 get some of that out but, I haven't like done that already to some young hooligan that had it coming that's right i tell you what uh i've seen some chicks like to throw down one of the hardest uh checks i ever saw in a mosh pit was by a young lady who was maybe five foot mm-hmm. maybe a buck 20 right <laughs> and, yeah. and and she she ran into a gentleman about my size and mm-hmm. basically took him out it was the end of his night yeah. <laughs> she like tackled him through a table and and i said god dang <laughs> i'm out <laughs> We can't underestimate anybody. <laughs> no. So, hey, it, I believe in the idea of of powerful lady roles. I believe in the okay. idea that, that women are just as tough, if not 
scarier and crazier than guys are. So I, uh, I'm interested, like I said, to see how things work out with this book. Uh, I, I really want nothing but the best. And we're going to try uh, to get you some promotion. Yeah. You have anything else coming up? Any, uh, any other plans? Any other uh, books in the deal? Do you have any signings, anything that you're going to be doing that you'd like the people to know about? Well, um, I am in the process of um, adding dates to my book tour. Um, I just had an event yesterday um, with the um, uh, Sixth and Main Coffee House in Shelbyville. Um, and that was a lot of fun. If you're in the Shelbyville area, Shelbyville, Kentucky, um, they make a mean macchiato. So go check that place out. It is gorgeous. It has a great ambiance. Um, I am coming up, I've got some library events coming up, um, and then I'll, I'm adding dates too. I'm, I'm in communication with some other places in the area. I'm hoping to make it out to Cincinnati, uh, Lexington, Kentucky, um, uh, into Louisville proper as well, um, and just outwards from there. So I'm in the process of, of doing events and signings. Um, I'm on Facebook, um, and Facebook is probably the best uh, place to find out where my events are. Um, I'm in, it's my author page as RG Westerman. Um, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Tumblr, um, and I'm constantly posting when, you know, where my next event's going to be, where I'm going to be appearing. Um, there's an event, um, that I'm trying, trying to get some information about in October called Imaginarium. It's going to be in Louisville. Um, so I'm, uh, in communication about that. Um, but it's not, it's not nailed down just yet. Um, but that, that's, of course, I'm writing every day, um, working on the, uh, the sequel to Rising Ash. I've got um, some, a couple of more short stories that are in process right now um, and just kind of plugging away at it every day a little bit. Do you have anything else that, that you'd like to get into in your career? Like, is this something that's going to lead you to something else? Do you have any interest with, like, film? Do you like, you like to take pictures? Like, is there anything else that... Uh, I want to see, you know, just kind of where this might end up taking you. If there's any other other plans in the future. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not going to say no to anything, um, but I'm also, <laughs> um, you know, right now it's just focusing on on getting the word out, getting the story out. You know, one of the things they say is if the if if there's a book that you want to read but it doesn't exist, then write it yourself. Um, not bad. So, so that's where I am. You know, I, I wanted wanted to see this story and I, I looked for it and I couldn't find it so I wrote it myself um, but I, I would love I would actually love to make this into a comic book I think it would it would read really well as a comic book but I can't draw so <laughs> that might be a collaboration that comes down the road well the good news is is I think in my my circle and my net that leads into the the pool of people on Twitter I think I have some comic book people so hopefully they uh, they hear this and they maybe get a little interest to find out what you're up to and uh, yeah man it's gonna be good yeah. I feel it That's awesome. yay hey. <laughs> Rebecca it's been a real pleasure getting to know you and uh, I'm going to keep checking in on you. If there's anything else that, that comes up, if you have any links to things that you'd like for me to have, you know, just send them. We'll pass them along, and we'll try to uh, let the people know. Rising Ash, the, the novel. Get that shit. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's available on paperback and on Kindle through Amazon. Weird question. Have you considered doing yeah. audiobook? Well, yeah. Um, I once upon a time I was I was an, an actor. Um, I've done some film and some uh, uh, independent film and stage work. Um, so I've actually I'm looking into doing an audio book. Um, I don't know. I know I have a high squeaky voice, so I'm, I may do it myself or I may have someone do it for me. But yeah, that that's probably on the docket in the next three months or so. Sweet. I think for people like me, unfortunately, who don't read, um, the the new like Audible services and, and things like that mm -hmm. are becoming pretty. Um, I don't know, what the, like appealing. It's nice to know yeah. that I already listen to hours of podcasts in a day, and you can knock out a, a book in fifteen hours. You know, so it's it's kind of interesting. I just don't like to read; it hurts my head. But if I had to listen to a book, I'd probably check out your book. So get on that shit. Yeah. 
that gives me more incentive now to do it as an audio. <laughs> right. Well, that's no offense, but you're in Kentucky. I'm in Arkansas. There's not a lot of high reading averages, I'm afraid. So <laughs> we, we listen a lot better than we read. <laughs> well, hey, you have a wonderful Sunday, and uh, I'm going to get on this and try to get it worked out. But uh, if you need anything else from me, you need any info, you holler, and I'll send you a link when we get put it together. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be on the show. Yeah. You have a wonderful day and I'll be in touch. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. So the novel Rising Ash available all over. You can Google that shit. R.G. Westerman, Miss Rebecca. Appreciate her coming on today and talking about the book. Anyway, I don't really have a whole lot, man. It's been a, a weird week. Just being on vacation and getting back in the swing of things, you know. Um, haven't had any crazy thoughts really this week. I did have one actually. It was kind of funny to me. It was I heard somebody talking about pools and being the the nice piece of white trash that I am. We've always had above ground pools. And uh, they were talking about, "Hey, remember when you were a kid and you run around and make it, you know, turn it like a whirlpool?" And uh, it made me reminisce just different times, and I got to thinking about it. So, it's understood. I don't know if it's accepted, but it's understood that a lot of people piss in a swimming pool. Yeah? In the lake? Wherever. That's a whole other issue with being, we'll get on that. Anyway, peeing in a swimming pool. Everybody pees in a swimming pool, at least once in a while. You might not do it every time, but you pee a little. And uh, I got to thinking about it, and I said, well, if that's, if it's understood, and it's okay, I guess, that you piss in a swimming pool, like, why is it not okay to just piss into a swimming pool? You know, is it because you pull your dick out? Or if you're a lady, you'd have to probably sit on the edge of the diving board, I guess. I don't know. Maybe you hang on to the handrails and just hang it. But that is weird, right? You can pee in it, but you can't get out and pee in it. I don't know. Whatever. I saw a post that said that uh, a whale produces five gallons of semen in a, in a, a serving, if you will. And uh, it really makes you wonder about, you know, why is the ocean salty? <laughs> well, it's because there's a lot of fucking whales, literally and figuratively, and fish, and all kinds of other weird shit doing weird shit in it. Make you almost not want to swim. I got lake water turtles swim around and fish and, and alligators be shitting and uh anyway that's enough filth from me guys um you all be sure to check out the book by this wonderful young lady and show her some love let's get her some attention and uh you can find us you know on twitter if you want to talk soundcloud just google the show Po' Boys Podcast. I mean, you're listening to it now, so you already know how to find it. But subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your mama. Tell your friends, mama, to get on board. Leave us reviews. Yeah. Do that shit. Be sure to check out the ASN Radio Network. Got a lot of other fun shows there. Pizza Talk. Naked Porch Podcast. There's some affiliates, some fans. Uh... Did an episode of Robin Slim this week. You can go check out that show. We've been getting around, man. I think I've got another one coming up this week. And, uh, yeah. Just loving getting to meet everybody and enjoying the, uh, the friendship. And, yeah. I guess you motherfuckers have a good weekend. I'll see you next time. Bye. A one, two, a one, two. story down in Black Oak Harbor Told about a hanging tree Where the birds don't land And the devil's hand saved a girl named Jessie White At 49 an angry crowd Killed her man without a trial She whispered 
you'll all be dead for tomorrow night. And one by one, those evil men who strung up Jesse's man came to meet the flames of hell before they did intend. They were shot between the eyes And a piece of rope around their neck Proved to all the folks in town That Jesse took revenge Jesse took revenge Flying, she was flying Never have to die, die by hanging tree. Laughing, she was laughing. The devil did him in, he set her spirit free. He set our Jesse free. Knowing she'd done right She didn't blame for clemency She never gave up hope When they pulled a noose around her neck A bolt of lightning hit the tree When they looked up The girl was gone There swung an empty rope There swung an empty rope Flying, you never have to die, die by hanging tree. Laughing, she was laughing. The devil did him in, he set her spirit free. Flying, she was flying. She never have to die, die by hanging tree. Laughing, she was laughing. The devil did a man, said I Jesse free. There's a story down in Black Oak Car Told about a hanging tree 